I guess I'll call the <laughs> sorry, call the meeting to order. Little big gavel there. Um, <laughs> so um, let's see. We I'm calling to order the Monday, November seventh meeting of the Iowa City Climate Action Commission. Welcome everyone, and thank you for being here. We'll begin with the roll call. Michael Einan Lynch. Here. John Frazier. Here. Stratus Giannakouris. Uh, not present at the moment. Ben Grimm. Here. Clarity Guerra. Here. Casey Hutchinson. Uh, not present at the moment. Matt Krieger. Here. Jesse Leckband. Here. Uh, Jesse is present online. Uh, Becky Soglin present. Uh, Gabe Sturdevant. Present online. Thank you, Gabe. And Matt, Matt Walter. Here. Thank you. And would staff members like to introduce them, identify themselves to the public? Sarah Gardner. Daniel Pizzle. Megan Hill. Oh, Andrea Bowler. Um, Andrea Bowler as well. A member of the public so is in or the audience. Staff. Or staff. Oh, apologies. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, everybody. Um, next on our item, uh, our agenda is the approval of the minutes from October 10th, 2022. Are there any um, corrections needed? And if not, is there a motion to approve the minutes from October? I move to approve the minutes. Krieger. Is there a second? I'll second, Walter. So, uh, moved by Matt Krieger, second by Matt Walter, and all in favor? Aye. 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 So the Aye. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Gabe or Jesse. Uh, so that motion passes. And um, now is our time for public comment of items not on the agenda, but as we have no members of the public, is it okay if I skip reading the statement and we will just move on? Okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, so we are just moving along here to get to... Uh, some good stuff here about um, announcements. All right, so first up is action items from the last meeting. The first action item was to um, amend the minutes to uh, iron out a sentence that may have led to some misperceptions, which we did before sending the finalized minutes off to the clerk's office. Thank you, Becky, for that catch. The second item was to follow up with MIDAM and see if they had any additional information on the two questions that have been posed. In your agenda packet, you'll see that they provided responses to those two questions. Um, the third request was that Ayman Sharif's report on his work with the Climate Action Grant um, hosting a Resilience Hub workshop be included in the packet. You will have seen that that was included as well. And then the fourth action item was to touch in with Ann Arbor to find out the timeline for their feasibility plan that they're doing. Um, I'm happy to report we were able to get in touch with them. They responded back right away. The uh, consultant has been hired and the planning process is underway. They anticipate having a report done by the end of June. So we will continue to keep you posted on that. Um, the next items are upcoming events. Um, we have three on here just to have on the radar. The first is that our Teen Resilience Corps has been hard at work and having some very interesting conversations with their neighbors. Um, they're in the process of finishing up the zine that's gonna go in the resilience kits and then they anticipate distribution happening um, next week, if not next week before Thanksgiving at the latest. I imagine this burst of cold weather may be extra motivating on that front. Um, but very interesting project and I do wanna uh, give some recognition to Ben Grimm um, for helping us move that project forward when uh, it didn't, um, when we ran into some obstacles this summer, he was right on the spot suggesting an environmental club that we could work with at City High and that in fact is what we've been doing and it's been a wonderful partnership. So thank you for that, Ben. Uh, next up is America Recycles Day, which is this month. Um, Jane Wilch, our recycling coordinator, and Jen Jordan, our resource management superintendent, are hosting a Ask Jane and Jen Day down at the Eastside Recycling Center. Um, and they're inviting members of the public to stop by with any recycling questions they have or any sort of waste disposal questions. And uh, they will be providing hot beverages and answers. So you're quite welcome to attend that if anybody wants more information. We're happy to pass it along. 
And then just to note that our AmeriCorps team is going to be participating in a STEAM event at Kirkwood College. They've done this for the last several years. Um, uh, they bring a stream table and talk about uh, just water control, stormwater management. Um, so they're looking forward to that. And it's nice that Kirkwood continues to invite us back to participate. Next up, we have working group updates. And we'll just pause and note for the minutes that Stratus has joined the meeting. Welcome, Stratus. And, and Casey Hutchinson, too, oh. so, as you can see. Welcome to Casey as well. Um, the Resilience Hub Working Group met last week to kind of outline next steps. Uh, would any members of that group like to present or talk a little about what we went over? Or I'm happy to do so. It's fine either way. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, Sarah gave a, a great presentation, kind of an intro presentation. I don't really know anything about Resilience Hub, so I'm kind of learning on the fly. And I thought Sarah did a, a great job of kind of introducing that and getting start of discussions or if you're ready to start having discussions on it. Yeah, I, I can give an update on what we talked about. So uh, it was our first meeting, or at least the first one that I've been part of, and we started with just kind of going over definitions, uh, what the terms are you know, how a resilience hub differs from an emergency shelter and other things that people might kind of lump in uh, with that, that term. Uh, and then we started talking a little bit about what we want to do with a pilot program. And uh, our first assignment, our first action item is to just kind of brainstorm and think of uh, organizations uh, that are already existing in the community that we might be able to uh, work with and kind of build up into resilience hubs. Sorry to put you on the spot, but you all passed the test. Well done. <laughs> so we're looking forward to continuing those discussions. We're going to be looking at organizations we can possibly partner with. There was some great um, brainstorming about what kind of support we can offer to uh, help increase the resilience activity. Um, and we'll be keeping you posted on those discussions as we move forward. This working group, I should note, we anticipate carrying forward into next year because it's such a big project and so much work to be done. Great. Uh, next up is outreach to the community-based organizations. Um, does anybody, I know John Frazier, you have an update. Does anybody else have an update they'd like to share? Uh, no update for me, Krieger. None from me, Soglin. None from me, Ina Lynch. So um, I spoke I've spoken a couple of times to uh, the director of the Johnson County Affordable Housing Coalition. And my most recent conversation was a little frustrating because we'd had some interesting talks about something that we talk about all the time, and that's landlords passing back to their renters uh, savings if, in fact, they can create efficiencies, installation, et cetera, et cetera. And then my most recent conversation, I learned that uh, Sarah is leaving as the director and going to work for University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics as a internal patient advocate, which I'm sure she'll do very well with. But her board is uh, frustrated that it's uh, November, December, and they are kind of throwing in the towel and not even going to look for a new director until January. And so we kind of have to start over again with uh, some conversations, although uh, the president of their board, um, Andy Martin, who, who also runs Martin Construction, uh, apparently has his heart in this. So I'm going to jump the gun and talk to him before we get uh, uh, word on who the new director is. So. Sorry about that. We kind of have to start over again, but we've established some thoughts and conversations. And I talked to them about the insulation project, and I see a nice tie between affordable housing and insulation. But uh, once again, how do you how do you link the landlords and show them that there's a win-win and they can actually reward financially their uh, tenants if they figure out how to do it appropriately? That's it. Thanks for your work continuing those conversations, John. It's much appreciated. 
thank you. It's very important. And uh, let's see. Um, moving on, we have some unfinished and this is really ongoing business with the Goldie marketing plan and um, let you take that, o that away. Megan. I'm going to share my screen. Um, Megan has very helpfully brought some visual aids so we can see how this is shaping up. And of course, you would have had this included in your agenda packets as well. All right, Megan. All right. Um, so we have a six bi-monthly marketing campaign, which utilizes Goldie, the climate action mascot. Um, the campaigns were chosen based on the ability in the first year to help establish Goldie as a trusted source of information. Next slide, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you can see that very well, but this is kind of what we have already done with Goldie. So Goldie was introduced first at Climate Fest. And you can see on the right, the two mastheads that our graphic designer, Andrea, who is here today, um, designed for the ambassador newsletter as well as the public uh, climate action newsletter. And then um, it goes on to show you the tablecloth she designed in the uh, left-hand corner. You can see Peekaboo Goldie, that's our new tablecloth. And then below that, we have Goldie on our website right now and we anticipate putting the campaigns on there as well. And then on the right-hand side are the first two campaigns mock-up of possible sticker designs. They're not finished, just wanna uh, clarify that. And then these are two, the first two uh, campaign social media tile mock-ups. For uh, November, December, we have What Are You, which is about insulation, getting people to know what the our value of their insulation is and if they need more. Um, and then In It Together is more about doing what you can for neighbors. You can see Goldie. Um, they are shoveling their neighbor's sidewalk. And then um, you can see the utility insert, which goes out this month. The first round of bills just got them. Uh, we have what are you in the utility insert and on the back it pairs well with the energy efficiency program in NDS. And then below you can see check your attic insulation banner ad for um, the Little Village website. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so these are example giveaways. So you all should have gotten a sticker. This is the only one that is currently made. If you don't have one, I can give you one after the meeting. And then we have a pint glass with, you can't really see it, but it's goldy etched on it. And that's just an example that is not designed. Neither is the reflective uh, band. This is an example for the transit campaign. And then we have a sticker sheet that we hope to have all six poses on it. And that we hope uh, to go out at Climate Fest, kind of to tie it all together be like, these are six Goldie poses and that's when the campaigns are set to end as well. And then in the packet, you should have got, if you looked at it, there are tables of each campaign and it kind of shows you the dates to run, calls to action, um, what we think the Goldie pose will be, the first two we have, the others Andrea is still working on, um, and the audience, we have collateral, like where is it gonna go out, social media, flyers, utility inserts, bust ads, all of that. Every campaign is different because we wanna make sure we're targeting the correct people. Uh, possible vehicles like the city social pages um, that's for every campaign and then staff responsible you'll see in the last column of each of the campaigns and if you have questions about it I can take it 
If you have specific questions about design, Andrea is here to support that. Um, just know that we have the first two um, thought out and then the rest of them, they're kind of ideas. We don't have those thought out yet. We plan to work on each campaign about a month or two before it's projected to go out. I was, I have a couple questions. Go ahead. Um, first is just out of curiosity, it says um, animations by Lily. Is that a company you're working with or a person? No, it's, um, Lily is one of our communications staff. Okay. She's not here, but she has been working on animating uh, Goldie with the poses we have from the marketing company. And um, she, she sent us a little, uh, like a preview video and she's, there's only a few of them uh, we have her animated and then we have some Jack as well. You'll see that he is also communications. So most, I would say, I think all of these are basically city uh, staff. I, we don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, there's nothing outside organization, right? Correct, this work is being done in-house. Yeah. Um, another question I had is just based on how we will track the success of this campaign. I noticed like in one of your samples, uh, one, uh, of, the one of the mailers had like had a like tiny, tiny URL, URL of um, like know your R value of your insul insulation. What are some of the ways that you will track metrics for, you know, success in getting people to do the calls to action? Yeah, I, with our social media, um, that is tracked by communication. So that is really easy. Um, they then in anything that goes in our newsletter again um, unfortunately we can only track the first what is it two hours goes out actually, actually one, one of the one things of we've discovered, discovered in this is, is that uh, the newsletter originally we just get analytics mailed to us that show how many people have read the newsletter in the first two hours it went out but we have contacted the company and figured out a way to see it at the end of the month so oh, we'll be able great. to track that so we can track that. And then um, same with any of the social media, the videos that go out on our channels and our YouTube, we can track that. Um, utility inserts, obviously we don't know if people um, are opening their mail and looking at it, but the people that get them digitally through their email, they click the link in that email. So everyone's getting the utility insert, whether digitally or physically. If I could add to that, um, only because Megan wasn't uh, part of the original conversations, that part of what we want to do is not just track how many people are seeing the ads, right? That we were very clear in giving that um, to the cause impacts who originally worked on the marketing campaign, but also looking for action. And so one of the things where uh, I'm quite happy to report, actually, the utility insert uh, went out over the weekend and um, the NDS is already, getting, already phone getting phone calls, calls about, about the insulation program, program and, and funding, funding for it. So for specific, for that specific campaign, one of the ways we're looking at is just program participation. Something like In It Together, which is really more about um, neighbor connections, that's gonna be a little tougher to track, but that particular campaign serves two functions. One, to get out the word about you know helping out neighbors, but also to help establish Goldie as that trusted source of information that people have positive feelings towards. So that one will be a little trickier. Nice, well, thank you. So Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, kind of building off of that question, uh, do you track your click-through rate on kind of the, uh, do you have a baseline for what you're getting in uh, engagement right now on emails? Um, yes, we do. So uh, we'll, we'll be able to compare to that baseline and see if this new campaign increases that click-through rate? That's a really interesting question. Um, what we could do, so like the analytics for the newsletter, for example, which is our primary source of uh, tracking click-through rates, um, we could compare it to, to other, other campaigns, campaigns to see how, see it, how it stacks, stacks up. up. Um, I don't know that we would have an apples-to-apples -apples comparison, like to see how many people clicked on information about the insulation program before versus now, but we could dig back in the data to see if that'd be possible. It's a great suggestion. Yeah, that'd be uh, at least one way to kind of gauge, you know, yeah. are, are people engaging with the emails and uh, interested enough to click on that uh, particular link? Maybe part of me doesn't want to know if a cute cartoon <laughs> bird gets better clicks than we did just talking about it ourselves. 
<laughs> I was going to ask a, so a related question. This, if we can think about, and maybe this is using the past data to set a baseline, but like just having an idea of what the goal is, like what su success would look like, um, would we be happy with 100 clicks or 200 clicks? I don't know what is normal, normal. and then we can kind of, then that's a way we can celebrate too if it's really successful. <clears throat> this is Ina Lynch. <laughs> I'm taking notes. This is this is, oh, uh, this is Sturman asking. Um, well, just kind of based on the clicks, just to make sure that like they're not having to click on Goldie itself, you know, because that would kind of skew the the metrics a little bit. Um, just kind of was thinking if we could put in like a. How did you, How did you hear, hear about, about program? this program? Or is that, or already, is that already in some of, some of these? You know, how did you hear about us things? Yeah, um, I can't speak to every program. I'm thinking of the uh, insulation program, which we share with NDS. I don't know that everyone has a um, how did you hear about this question. I know that some of our programs do. We can look into it more. And then I guess my um, follow-up question is maybe related back to reporting out. I mean, do you have an anticipated, you know, when you plan to provide an update? Is it after, like at the end of the six-month campaign or whatever the frequency is, it'd be nice to have an understanding of that. Um, we haven't talked about that, but we, if you if would prefer campaign by campaign, we'd probably talk about that or it could just or, be because this is part of i guess a larger action within the accelerated actions um it may maybe it could just be part of the your your you know we so we updates. anticipate having like doing this again mm -hmm. it's yep. just gonna we're gonna switch out the campaigns like of course installation will probably stay like we'll probably revamp it maybe a little bit but that's really important to what we do um and then we'll switch out the the little lesser ones with other um campaigns that we think up out throughout the year so um i would say at that probably at the end we can give a report what I might suggest is um, we've been thinking ahead to the working groups that are going to be happening next year. You heard me reference the Resilience Hub working group carrying forward. We're anticipating asking for a working group to look at energy benchmarking next year. And then we were thinking the third working group actually would come later in the year to think ahead to the to next, the next um, six, six Goldie campaigns. campaigns. And so that, that might be a really be nice time to take a look at what data we've got so far to inform the decisions about which campaigns we might want to repeat and which we might want to swap out with something else. Or the modes and methods, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can I, um, is, are, is the Goldie uh, character specific, specifically and only associated with campaigns around reductions that are in the in the climate action plan or is there a broader you mentioned goodwill is there a broader sense that like you want to to message to people that climate action matters as this bottom this sticker has and how far are you going to go into that and i guess i ask that because it's it's uh, so, you, know, you know people, people don't, don't get very inspired, inspired by our values like that's a campaign and it's really good but if you're using this charismatic figure to talk about climate you know things like you know when you take climate action you know i'm protected or you know, uh, you, you know, like your kids, like the, the messages around the positivity of your taking action associated with climate benefits. And is there a campaign that's just focused on that kind of communication to get people thinking about why climate action matters, but in a positive way, not the negative stuff of like, you know, there won't be biodiversity loss, <laughs> right? Which is a lot of stuff that I say that we know that there's, there's good evidence in, on climate communication, the science of it, what works, just taking from that adding it into a campaign like this to help people feel pretty good about where things are? Or is it all just specifically focused on programmatic city efforts? At the moment, by and large, I would say it tilts more toward programmatic than sort of um, larger messaging. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't be. And I think there's some, I think actually the In It Together campaign is a good example of a campaign that does a bit of both, right? And, and just to be clear, I'm probably agnostic as to what, what you should go with that, just wondering if that's part of it. 
And it's on other, I guess, like the newsletter, on other ongoing regular communications, right? You're just talking about more of a broader general campaign. Right, if, the, if yeah. the charismatic nature of Goldie is going to be leveraged uh, into broader messaging or not, I'm agnostic. I went the opposite direction. This is Gara that you did. I was like, put her in peril. Like, there's water up to her neck, and it says, like, climate action matters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's this charismatic character that we can put in extreme peril <laughs> and then resonate with. Could be really fun. Could be really fun. And, and I totally, totally John, John Fraser, I totally agree with your point that people don't think about our values. And I think this is a really cute way to simplify it and bring it up so that you can talk about it and it ties together with a charismatic character, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what are you? I think it's kind of cute. Whoever came up with that, congratulations. I believe it was Sarah. <laughs> That's after two years of deep meditation on how to get people to care about our values. <laughs> I guess I would also say um, great work on putting together the work plan. Um, I think this is as I was as I was reading your intro at the start of this section, I was I was kind of like, oh, okay, we I'll look for these types of things, and then I was seeing exactly what I was expecting. So that was great. Thank you. Can I ask one more question? The design and lunch. Um, I was just wondering with the swag, with the swag. Excuse me. If. Um, there's any consideration to, I mean, it's, you know, we talk about reducing our consumption and there's so much swag in the world. Um, is there any consideration to the, the materials or to like sourcing like local artists and makers and stuff like that? Uh, we have thought about local um, um, places, places, like, like for, for example, example, the, the um, well, Andrea creates all, all of the designs. She is a staff member. And then we went to um, Old Capital Screen Printers to get our um, our tablecloth designed. So we, we do look into that. And then as far, we had a conversation about giveaways and we knew that we didn't want every campaign to have a giveaway because of that. And we knew that we didn't, um, we wanted to be very conscious about what we were giving away. And Sarah's late kept saying, make sure that people will use it, like the wristbands. It's really great for not only cyclists, but people walking pedestrians. Um, and then the pint glasses limited giveaway, uh, whereas everyone has a water bottle and people, a lot of people give away water bottles, same as a lot of people give away tote bags now. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm inundated with Re recyclable bags. And I know how you feel about t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> yes, you'll notice no t-shirts. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Megan hit it exactly right, that we are looking for local sources where we can of the materials and also just trying to be extremely thoughtful that the giveaways serve a clear purpose, that they're not for every campaign, and that we're really using as our guideposts, is it something people may not have already and is it something that is truly useful? So. I'll, I don't know if this is a good idea, but I'll just throw it out there. I wonder if there's an opportunity to work with the teen resilience group on making, you know, like yeah, coming, coming up, up with stuff. Or I know um, um, the Innovate, Innovate Lab, Lab has a lot of makers' um, tools. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's an opportunity for to like involve youth in the making of some of the swag. Could be cool. We can look into that. I'm going to write that down. Thank you. This is sort of been talking and kind of along the same lines. Uh, have has any consideration been given to like local bike shops or you know you know like running stores or anything to distribute like the bands or any you know you know local environmentally conscious places to like distribute some of this. I know there are four campaigns, but. It might, it might work, work to get the messaging out a little bit more too. Yeah. Um, so, so in, in the, the marketing packet, we have possible 
vehicles and that includes some of the people we can um, collaborate with not only at events but um, one of the people we named for the transportation campaign in May is actually the bike library um, it's possible they'll have events during May that we don't know about because um, it's bike to work uh, month uh, so they were named and these people have not been contacted yet because we're very early in the process, but that's why it says possible vehicles. Anything you want to add, Sarah? No, I think that's good. That's good. And, uh, thanks for all the comments to the commissioners. On um, it looks like a really really thorough plan, and I just had a few things, and I had written some notes down, and I left them on my desk, but um, I can mail them to you. Just some thoughts on additional partners, partners on some of them. Um, and just two kind of finer points on some of the stickers like on the one that just says um we're in it together i'm not or yeah in in it together those don't really direct the people to the climate is, is there a way i know you don't want to clutter it but my concern about just these ones that only have the campaign phrasing is they don't have that you know the little yeah, the, the url to or, on it. Yeah, yeah they don't you don't quite know where to go unless you're already somewhat aware of it. Um, so just something to think about if there's a way to. Yeah, I could that. offer a little thought that might be helpful on that. Um, those little stickers that just recap the campaigns, the vision behind those is they wouldn't be standalone stickers. They would all be on okay. a sticker sheet at the end. Oh. And the idea is around Climate Fest to build a little celebration around the six different Goldie poses you've seen throughout the year. So it's meant to sort of try to jog the memory of the campaigns yeah, that have, gone, have before, gone before, more, more so, so than, than to be, be part, part of the initial campaign, drawing or pushing people toward a specific action. It's kind of a, kind of a Goldie, Goldie celebration, celebration at the end of the year, basically, basically tied into Climate Fest. And I just wanna reiterate, th those aren't the final um, stickers. They're just, I, I thought it'd be great for you to have a visual. So Andrea sent along the drafts. Our hope is they'll be collector's items. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, uh, I just did have a question on the timing. I think it was the air conditioning air pumps that it pushes it kind of late. Like yeah. People might be starting to think about their furnaces instead of their AC. Though people may be motivated if they've had a whole summer of AC that isn't working very well and they, but, um, and it's seven, what, it's gonna be 70 on Wednesday, yeah. so. Uh, but just, and maybe for the first year, like the timing, it, getting the timing perfect isn't part of the point. I mean, and sometimes it's helpful to think about something and then you, you go back to it and it takes two or three interactions with someone to get them to take that action so I don't it's not necessarily just, just yeah. Yeah. No, no I appreciate, I appreciate the, the insight and comments but I thought the tie-ins and the timing and everything else looked good and like I said there were some things I've been in kind of involved in like the bike month so I just had a, on that one I can send you a few uh, comments on, mm -hmm. on those and I want to remind myself Joan Frazier that uh, wasn't that long ago we didn't even know what a climate festival was so we're making headway Good work. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, and I can see all, see all of these being on, being on my kids' bottle. water bottles and yeah. stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to collect, like to collect stickers, stickers, so even, even though a sticker might be more of, more of a, you know, think, you know, think of it more of a disposable thing, thing, I think, you know, kids like, kids like to collect, they're not, they can be pretty durable. Anything else from commissioners on this? And we'll wait to see the adventures of Harold's um, I, I, I don't know if this is Stuart been talking. I don't know if I missed it at some point, but we did get like approval from university that it's not encroaching on anything they have, right? Regarding this, I know we had talked about it when we first <clears throat> brought it up, but I haven't, haven't seen anything. If I missed it, I'm sorry, but. Yes, we did. We, did. we yeah, um, as, as part, part of the original marketing study, the uh, cause impacts did an image audit to make sure that they were far enough apart to not encroach on any copyrights. And then we did follow up ourselves with the university um, athletic department, who said it sounded like a great idea, and to talk to them when we start thinking about doing a physical mascot, because 
they may have some thoughts at that point and or some advice. But that is uh, many years down the road, if ever. I look forward, I look to, forward to seeing you in the mascot suit, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll actually be a nice problem to have, to uh, have this so popular that people start uh, fighting us because it looks too much like Aiden Fry. <laughs> Um, we will then move on to our new business, which is the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant Funding Priorities. Um, there was a memo in the packet, and Sarah will, this is, uh, just to emphasize, this is sort of a preliminary discussion. Yeah, T-shirts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you all for the wonderful comments and feedback. Um, so in your agenda packet, you would have seen a memo included referencing the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant Funding Program. This is uh, funding that was made possible under the uh, Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. Um, it's what's known as a formula grant, which differs from a competitive grant in that, I mean, it's called a formula grant because you get the money based on a formula established at the federal level. We don't know exactly what that amount is. Um, we know that as a city uh, with a population of more than, I believe it's 50,000 um, is the original cutoff, we're going to receive at least $75,000 under this program. We may receive as much as 153,000. We'll know more hopefully at the end of the year. Um, what we wanted to do is very similar to what we did with ARPA funds is um, present to you, the commission, a list of possibilities of things that um, qualify for spending this money and just get your thoughts on what our top priorities might be. Um, I will say that in preliminary discussions among staff, um, some exciting news, at long last, third time's a charm, the uh, solar array for the Public Works Building has been awarded, so we are going to be able to move forward on that. Um, and one of the ways that these monies can be used is to help pay for solar installations on municipal buildings. So I know that that is... Um, one project that uh, I think has the attention of staff, but should the monies not be funded there or if we find um, other ways to fund that, um, I wanted to get your sense of where our priorities might be for this money. And so our thought is to just introduce the topic today, talk through the possibilities a little bit, and then come back to it in December and see if we can arrive at some consensus as to what the top priorities should be. Um, and I did put in there just because I think the worst thing I can do to you before the holidays is suggest you're going to have to write a memo, <laughs> um, that no memo is required on this. The top priorities will be entered into the minutes at our next meeting, and that will be sufficient to help guide staff and council discussions. So. I don't know how you'd like to best approach the conversation from there. And just for someone who might not have had a chance to fully read the memo, the items listed here, I think they number about 15, are from the EECBG website. So they're sort of standard, if you will, um, and there's obviously quite a few. <laughs> The, one of the first ideas that came to mind is some of the more daunting suggestions that have been received in terms of renewable energy. Um, I, I know $75,000 doesn't go that far with some things, but something like a community battery backup um, could be at least like research budgeted and begin to be scoped out. That is something I've been curious about because there's not a great model for it from a city perspective um, and it would kind of be cool research to share out with other communities too but that was one thing that came to mind in it under 13 development implementation and installation of solar was one option and that would be kind of a reinterpretation in terms of like storing that four times of need uh, to that point, Clarity, just this morning I read an article, maybe you saw it, it was there in Energy News about Columbus, Ohio, doing a renewable microgrid for their facility. So I can send that to you um, if you like. Was it in Midwest Energy News? Yeah. It was the, mor 
They only send out once a day, right? Yeah, I was busy laughing about the article about uh, North Dakota advertising itself as a clean energy hub for cryptocurrency mining. I think it was Gosh. just under, if you didn't get past that, it was <laughs> two items under that. So you could uh, find it there. But that's a good point, Clarity, for you. One of my concerns was that 75000 or whatever it's going to be it isn't a lot. Is it enough to go off on a radical new direction with something we haven't even attacked or thought about? And, and one thought is, yeah, we need to bring up new ideas and new thoughts. But at the same time, I'm thinking, what could we do that would be synergistic with something we're already doing? What, what would support something that uh, is very important to us and make it even more powerful? So I'm torn between piling on something that we're already doing as opposed to starting something totally new because of the limitation of the funds. That's a good point. And the packet for December will include the latest update on where we are with the different uh, of the goals, you know, that we always use as a touchstone. So you'll have that to kind of toggle between. Yeah. Matt, and, yeah. and actually, um, so this is Krieger. I was looking back at last month's um, report because that had the update on the the um, where we're at on uh, each industry sector. And so, again, thinking about priorities, like where should we be still be prioritizing to try to make the most impact, right? And um, and I think over and over again, we've seen, um, you know, the residential sector existing buildings as well as transportation had bumped up. You know, and so I was trying, in my mind, I was starting to think of it from a, from a prioritization in that way. Um, and then my mind kind of went down the path, um, started going down the path that John's did, I think, which was, do we continue to, you know, we, it seems like we want to have a multiplier effect if we could and uh, use of the funds so that it, it has, it, that do those dollars expand and create and go with more dollars, right? Either from, uh, you know, partnering agencies or matching funds or that it is working to um, jumpstart other things that then expands farther out, you know, that um, keeps others going. And so those were kind of where the directions that mind was, my mind started going first. For me, it was sort of an interesting exercise to look through the memo. And granted, I've seen this list a few times, so it's a little easier for me on the first pass. But I, what I underlined, what first jumped out to me, and I won't tell you what I underlined, but that just as, as you go through the process next uh, month, you could do that, underline what jumps out with you, then go to this and compare and sort of have a conversation with yourself about it. And um, Sarah and I, I think it's okay to add that we, I'd had, we had had a conversation, you know, I have my county role and we do expect also to get some kind of um, allocation, but given that Iowa City has such a distinct action plan that, you know, we, you know, it's good to look at that first, you know, but we, we are, you know, if there's potential for some kind of collaboration, you know, we would consider it, but we do have, you know, do different jurisdictions in some respects, so, um, and, and somewhat different purviews, but. Uh, do you know how much the county would likely get? Um, I think it was n just about $98,000, but it's, um, yes, so, but, you know, not a guarantee yeah, either, yeah. and not something we, we've discussed yet with our, with our board, so. Uh, learn, learning about it, as you imagine, there's just, with, with a list of 15 options, there's going to be a lot of requirements on showing how you're going to use the money and using it uh, and, that, and that's 15 options with multiple subpoints. So, yes. <laughs> I have a question about number four, the establishment of financial incentive programs. Um, just to help interpret, like, would Roots to Trees be an example of something like that? Um, and that has seemed like the fact that people know about it, use it and kind of talk about it and then plant trees is, uh, I know trees are cool too. <laughs> so it's a reward, it has seemed to be a very successful process. I wonder <laughs> if there's other models. I know that there's other financial support grants, but other models for um, that kind of financial incentive. Are you talking about the structure of the incentive specifically or um, supporting trees? How it could 
be applied in a new I guess my question is two part. Is Roots to Trees considered a financial incentive program? Yeah, yes. Uh, yes. <coughs> For energy efficiency, specifically? Um, like, no. Like, would it? Well, uh, and then my second question is like, are there other financial incentive programs related to energy efficiency that are, are models, or would this be like a new um, thing <coughs> that would be created for this grant? You know, it's, it's so interesting you bring that up because uh, Root for Trees is a very successful program. Um, and in, f in fact, so successful, uh, we've been approached by other entities wanting to contribute funds to it. And we have to say, well, it's fully funded. Like, you know, we can talk about some other options potentially that might be <coughs> beneficial to spread the love. But it is actually a model that we talk about a lot internally as a, a successful one to duplicate for other areas. Um, I think one of our goals in the office, and you've noticed, you know, as we've been bringing forward more energy efficiency programs, is trying to get more programs out there while reducing the administrative burden. And part of that is trying to not have a whole bunch of programs that function in very different ways, right? And I think we've got two models that are working really well at the moment. One is the root for trees, and then the other is the model we're using for heat pumps and um, insulation and electric panels. Um, which isn't to say there aren't other models out there. We are always looking, but yeah. I think that, um, and we talked about this in the insulation working group as well. One of the things that makes Roots to Trees less daunting is that there's a clear path forward. It's like you receive a voucher, you buy a tree at a place that you're familiar with. I think the insulation working group was struggling with, you have to get a quote and then you have to email Daniel, and you <laughs> might not know who he is, <laughs> that, there, that the clear next step is more challenging with a multi-step process. So I guess part of my question is just like uh, making it really clear how to receive the financial incentive and the overall benefit to you. Mm -hmm. um, and insulation's more expensive than a tree and it's more complicated because you need a contractor and you need a um, price and stuff like that. But um, I guess, I mean, free money for people is both uh, <coughs> enticing and could get them to do behaviors that are very high priorities for the city. Mm. Kind of related to that, I wondered, uh, talking about friction points, um, I'm, is there a reporting requirements? that the city has to do as part of this as well that should be taken into consideration at all? Um, there is a reporting requirement. I mean, we will have to demonstrate that we <coughs> use the funds according to the rules established for them. But I don't know that that'll be onerous to the point where we can sweat those details. You don't have to sweat them. Um, Sarah, I'm wondering, do you think it would help given there's, I keep going back to the 15 options because I've been thinking about these already um, in terms of the county, if we potentially have this to spend as well. Would it be agreeable or helpful, I guess I'm asking the commissioners as well, that maybe folks come with their top three and we can kind of maybe do a quick, initially go and just almost do a quick tally of, um, you know, not that, that, that that's going to guide the entire conversation, but um, we might find that everybody picked one of these and that something else is sort of a clear second and that would just maybe help us have a conversation that, um, just help out, have, have a good conversation. Would that be okay or does that feel too limiting? I don't wanna limit folks, but um, 15's a lot of choices. If, I don't know, if you're like me, if I get 15 choices, I choose nothing <laughs> if <laughs> it's in a store. <laughs> you know, they say that, that actually isn't something that influences people. If you have too many to choose from, you're, you walk away with nothing. Not that we're gonna do that, but. Well, three times the number of us seems like already quite a few to that have on a list, yeah. <laughs> or just the top two, would that? Well, what we could do is if everybody wanted to submit their top three or as many of you as feel inclined to submit your top three ahead of the meeting, we could prepare a slide that has them pre-tallied and that might be a nice jumping off point. That way we don't have to do the math right, on the fly quoting. while we're all in the room. That would be great. <laughs> so let's see, so our meeting is on Monday the 5th and so mm -hmm. we have the entire week after Thanksgiving. <clears throat> I know we, um, so would you just want to have it by that Friday or that Thursday? Would, would give you, what would be helpful to you, Sarah? 
Um, yeah, I think if you got it to us by the Friday, it, okay. we should be able to tally it up. And so December 2nd. Yeah. It doesn't have to be published ahead of time in the agenda? No, I don't think so. I think okay. we can amend it into afterward. Okay. Um, hey, um, this is Sturdivan. I have a kind of two-part question. Are there, like, restrictions on some of these that are well-known in advance? Say we go down the route of one and the and it's like, oh, you can't use the funds for that? Um, what's in the memo is pulled almost word from word from the Department of Energy's website. So what, what we know, you know, at this point. Okay. All right. So it's, it's kind of open. I didn't want to, like, jump down the road of, um, you know, doing that you know, battery backup option. And they're like, oh, no, you can't add it to an existing program or something. I just wanted to make sure that we don't go down the route of, you know, funding something and then have it be, yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't use the funds for that. But if it, if it, if that's the wording and it's pretty open from, you know, taking a look at these, we should be okay. Right. <laughs> As far as we know, when the formula funds are allocated, we probably will get a bit more detail. Um, but this is the information we have to go off of from now. And it's, it's so broad. I'm, I think we'd probably struggle to hit on something uh, that they wouldn't fund unless it's, you know, a feasibility study for using more fossil fuels. That might be offsides. Why? Put that out of your minds right now. <laughs> are there any on this list are that from city staff perspective, you're already like this, like this is a kind of project, like let's not even bother considering it. Like it's way beyond what we could take on as a city right now, or it would be such a distraction from other things. Like I'm just trying to think, what are ways that we could narrow this down or as we go and think of our own priority rankings, are there you know, ways we should maybe be steering our thinking? Um. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think your input is valuable regardless. I mean, part of the reason we have the commission is to get the input from folks who aren't thinking the way city staff are. But I can say part of the way we're thinking about it a bit as staff is that um, we've seen capital costs go up across the board as part of our um, budgeting exercises currently we're looking at what projects can be pushed back because the expenses have gone up so dramatically which is i think one of the reasons why the idea of using this to help fund that public works project that we've been hoping to get off the ground for a year now has caught our attention i think the other thing we think about is um, just weighing does it make sense to put more money toward a project that's already underway that maybe could use some more funding, you know, um, versus filling a gap that we haven't yet tried to address. So I think about something like putting the money toward more heat pumps. You know, that's probably the most expensive project we have going at the moment. Um, and certainly an influx of cash. Danny, how many heat pumps, more heat pumps do you think we could get with $150,000? That's a significant number. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little, you know, if we added that there, that's an existing program that could have a boost. On the other hand, there are tax incentives coming down the pike to help with heat pumps, so maybe it makes sense to put it somewhere else. Um, certainly, we don't want to end if if Danny had said, you know, with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, we could buy three more heat pumps. That doesn't seem like a great use for it, you know, compared to something else. So I don't know if that's helpful at all, but that's sort of how we've been puzzling through it. Obviously, it's do you, oh, so, go ahead. Um, uh, uh, do you it says end of 2020 or 2022 is when you'll know the final amounts. Do you have anything more than like in a month from now we'll know or uh no not really <laughs> they, okay. it's supposed to come out at the end of december that doesn't necessarily mean it will we're hopeful but um like every city we just have to wait and see when the uh, federal rule making happens which i will say always takes more time than they think it's going to because like the last thing i'd want to do is go down the route of 
you know, like a project say, Hey, let's fund this and then not get the funds that we thought, or it, you know, it comes out to be more expensive than we thought and you have to abandon it. Well, and it's worth saying, we're not asking you to come up with specific projects to use it. Although it's always very interesting to get that brainstorming. You're welcome to put that forward. But at the end of the day, um, what we're asking for, just identifying in this list what we think the top three priorities are so that as staff sort of do the fine tuning, we can use that to guide that decision making. And I think, I, Gabe, I appreciate your thoughts on this. I think the fact that if we come up with three uh, priorities and we also will have had the discussion and then if things are shifting by the time this gets to council and the funding, you know, that can all be added in. And maybe some of the points will be relevant later when there's other opportunities with the IRA. It's a tremendous opportunity um, over many years. And so I think whatever the discussion arrives at, um, it'll be it'll be helpful. Um, and I did just want to note um, that maybe encourage the commissioners, you know, to recall the things in our equity and co-benefits checklist as you're kind of thinking about uh, what what might be a a priority. So often with decisions like these, uh, we talk a lot about the stars aligning, and so a little bit what we're asking you to do is to put three stars up, right? And the city council will have their priorities and we'll be keeping our ears to the ground for partner organizations that may have projects to come forward. And what we're always looking for is where those priorities start aligning. That tends to be the project we pursue, if that's a helpful framework in thinking about the task at hand. So yes, we have a, I don't wanna call it homework assignment. I hope you, I mean, this is an op, thinking about how to spend money. It's actually a great opportunity, right? <laughs> So enjoy it, because <laughs> you won't be getting the bill at the end of the year. So, um, anything else on this topic? I feel, does everyone feel prepared that sometime after Thanksgiving to delve into this? So, um, great. Well, thank you for all the prep and discussion on that. Um, so I think that just leaves us with the announcement that our last meeting of 2022 is on December 5th in this room at 3.30. Um, was there something about Teen Resilience Corps in here? Oh, or the did I resilience skip over hubs? something? I think that was just a follow-up. I had okay. previously oh. asked that that be sent out to us. Okay. Um, I don't think it was a specific agenda. It was just a follow-up item because I we hadn't want, seen it. Oh, sorry. It, do, if we want to discuss the, the report from, I'm, if we want to discuss that a little bit next time, or, or was that what... Um, or, yeah, if you want to discuss it, discuss it more, we'd need to put it on the agenda to have a full discussion, but you can make that request and we could do that. Would you like that to just, for people have a little time to review it and... I, I was wondering if the working group, the Resilience Hub working group had received it yet before this. No? Okay. Would you like us to wait till you folks have a time to discuss to discuss it yourselves first? Oh, I'm not on that working group. Oh, I just sorry. wondered if they I'm had. Looking, I'll look at, I'm not sure who to look at on this. I'm look, looking at those of you on the. Um, <laughs> would you all like to discuss it first before the, if there wants if there's My preference would be to discuss it first and okay because it's like I said earlier it's kind of new to me so I'm trying to get up to speed and. Okay. Does that sound alright? Be my preference. And then. Um, <clears throat> So our focus on in December will probably be these priorities and anything else that's timely on that. Yeah. Um, so uh, everyone confirmed on meeting time and place, date, and uh, ac any actionable items on Sarah? I think we have. Um, yeah, I've got one action item and then one question for you. Um, the, first, the main action item is for each of you to send your three top priorities so we can tally them up. And you can just pull the numbers straight from the memo. Say my vote is one, four, and 12, or what have you. And we'll just tally them up that way and bring them up on screen. Um, and then the other, Becky, you had mentioned um, at the next meeting having that CAP report. I think actually we weren't planning on having it at the December meeting because we're trying to move toward a quarterly reporting. Oh, um, sorry. But I could, yeah, my, I could do a no, no, mini no, I, report if it'd be helpful. I, I think... The October one should be accurate. Yeah, I would, just, I would reference the October one. I'm sorry, one. that was my mistake. Oh, no, that's okay. For, um, would um, you like me to put the most recent one in the agenda packet so you'll have it with you at the next one? Yeah. All right, I'll add that to the yeah. action items then. Important thing, I think, is to have it at fingertips. 
Great. So the two action items then are for you all to send me your three priorities and we'll make sure that cap report is included in the next agenda packet for easy review. Well, you can go enjoy a little bit of what's left of the day. If we, well, uh, is there a motion to adjourn? So move, uh, Diane and Lynch. The second. Uh, second. second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give that to Ben. I don't know who I couldn't quite see who said that first. Um, all in Jumping favor. Jumping at the mic. Aye. 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 Thank you, everyone. Aye. See you in December. Thanks, everyone. Hey. Thanks. Go Hawks. Really?